friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. As the mom of two daughters, I am constantly amazed at just how different they are. What works for one doesn't always work for the other. And the same is true in our business. What works for one business may not work for your business. So while it's great to buy into courses and programs and read blogs and listen to podcasts, you have to understand that not everything that works for another business is going to work for your unique brand. And here's why. Because you are not the same as everybody else. You have your own unique style and personality that you bring to your brand. So how do you know what's going to work in your business? A great place to start is having an understanding of who you are, your personality, and how that impacts your marketing plan for your business. So to help you determine that, I've created the Boss Bay Personality Quiz. It's a short, fun little quiz that will not only give you the type of boss babe that you are, but it's also going to give you a unique marketing plan specific to your personality type. Sarah took the quiz and learned that she is a side hustler. She is building a business in between other responsibilities. And for that reason, her focus needs to be on automating her marketing to make it as simple as possible, scheduling things out and having things in place that will run for her without her having to lift a finger. When Katie took the quiz, she determined that she was a go-getter. She is somebody who is going to hit the ground running every single day. And for that reason, her unique marketing plan included multiple marketing strategies, such as sales funnels, email marketing, and an extensive social media marketing plan as well. If you're ready to find out what your boss babe personality is and get your unique marketing plan, head to girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash boss babe quiz. That'll also be linked down in the show notes so you can easily click the link and take the quiz. All right, guys, back to today's show. Hey there, and welcome back to the Girl Means Business podcast. I am so glad you're here this week. We have an incredible interview with Sarah Darby today that I cannot wait to get to. I think it's going to be one that really hits home for a lot of us. I know it did for me, and I will jump into all of that in just a second. But really quickly, before we get into today's interview, I want to remind you that if you have not done so yet, if you could head over to iTunes and leave me a review for this podcast, that would be fabulous. It would completely make my week, my month, my year. It would help make 2020 a little better. Just head over to iTunes, even if that's not where you're listening to this podcast, and just drop me a quick little review. Let me know what you think of the show, what you want to see more of. If you have ideas or suggestions, I am open to all the things. And so head over to iTunes, leave me that review, and then come right back here and let's get into today's interview. So I'm really excited for today's interview. I'm chatting with Sarah Darby, and we are talking about what season of life you find yourself in. And this is something that I have brought up on the podcast multiple times where I've struggled with the season of life that I'm in right now, which is trying to balance businesses and family life and it being my last year of my daughter being home before kindergarten and trying to figure out how to make it all work, how to make all the puzzle pieces fit without losing my mind without feeling like I am neglecting a certain part of my life. But when I focus on the fact that this is the season of life that I'm in and what does that season of life mean for myself, my business, my family, it can help me to really get my priorities in order. It can help me kind of organize the things that I need to be focusing on now and the things that can wait. And so today's episode and my chat with Sarah, we really dive into understanding the season of life that you're in right now, embracing it, not letting it stress you or overwhelm you or not letting it cause you to feel like you're not doing enough. It's knowing that every season in life is short-lived and that something bigger and better or a season of rest is coming. And so I'm really excited for y'all to hear this conversation. Now, Sarah has been entrepreneur for 12 years, a mom for nearly seven 
She's a singer. She studied commercial music at Belmont University in Nashville. And she had dreams of working in the music industry. However, um, at 23, she was diagnosed with cancer. And so she shifted her priorities. She moved back to Dallas. She's here in the DFW area. And she opened up her own voice and music studio where she now coaches other musicians and she helps other women just sort of embrace their business ideas, embrace the idea that you can be a mom and have something that's yours, that you can reach for big things and achieve them. And so she's doing really incredible things. And I will obviously let her share the rest of her story with you but it's a really amazing story. And I think you're just going to fall in love with her the way I did. She's an incredible mom, an incredible person, a great person to follow on Instagram. So make sure you go and follow her on Instagram. And yeah, let's dive into my conversation with Sarah. All right, guys, I'm here with Sarah Darby. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kendra. So happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. So I want to start with letting everybody know who you are, what it is that you do, and kind of tell us your journey. How did you end up in the position you're in now? Absolutely. Well, um, like you, we have a couple things in common. Number one, we're both Texans. Um, I'm in the, from the Dallas-Fort Worth area as well, born and raised here um, in a community called Mansfield, Texas. Um, and I also have two daughters. Mine are four and six, um, and just really the light of my life. But before I ever became a mom, um, I my background is actually not business at all. It's music. Um, I grew up singing, wanted to be a singer. When I was a senior in high school, I heard about this school in Nashville called Belmont University, and they had this really fancy new progressive music degree, but I, I'd never heard of it. And this is back when... I really don't feel old. I'm 36, but it's just, it's amazing how much the world has changed, you know, just in, <laughs> since I was in college. But back then you had to request information. It's like I got a packet in the mail and there were, I don't even remember seeing a website. I, yeah. I don't know. I just remember the packet came in the mail and I filled out the application, hand wrote it, mm-hmm. sent it in. And I knew I was going to go to Belmont. There's just no question about it. I'm from do music. Never even applied anywhere else. So fortunately, um, I got accepted and began that journey towards um, a career in the music business. Um, I graduated, had a wonderful time, enjoyed all of my my time, my courses and everything, loved music. But I definitely felt like maybe there was a disconnect for me. Um, I didn't resonate with everybody else in my program in that my passion was not really music. Um, I enjoyed it. I was talented. I was a good singer. I was a great performer. Something was not totally connecting for me when I considered the future. So I definitely tried to uh, explore a career in the music business, but um, just did the normal hustle thing. The thing that you do when you get out of college, work multiple jobs and um, sing when I could and all that stuff. But out of the blue, when I was 23, um, exactly one year after graduation, I was d- diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, that was a total shock to me. But with an amazing experience and an opportunity to um, to shift my perspective and to really make some conscious decisions about what I wanted my life to be about. And that's when things started really making sense for me. I realized at that point, 23, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do music business. I don't want to be a performer. I don't want to spend my life doing this kind of thing, which deep respect for everybody in music business because I love it. Um, it wasn't for me. And I was able to own it at that point. Didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Um, I have this very amazing degree in commercial music, but what do you do with that if you're not going to be in the music business, right? So um, cancer went through chemo, all the, the, the whole thing. Um, by the time that was over, I, and I'm still living in Nashville at the time, when that ended for me, um, I was very homesick and I was ready to come home to Texas. Didn't have a plan, just you know, I wanted to come home. So while I was still in Nashville, I was working for a recording artist. I was on a tour bus somewhere in the country. And I, um, created some ads on Craigslist or not ads, I don't know what you call them, but posts on Craigslist 
were offering voice lessons. And I thought, well, I need to throw this out there. Like, I don't know if anybody is going to bite, but it can't hurt to try. What if I could teach voice lessons? Maybe that's what I can do until I figure out my next thing. So I created these ads on Craigslist and um, people started responding. So before I'd even moved home, I had like a handful of voice lessons in my schedule. So I came home and holidays, Christmas, started teaching the first week of January, was never planning to start a business, still thought I'm just doing this until I land a real job or figure out what I'm going to do, but this will help me get by. So um, I didn't realize that I was actually stepping right into my future and I was starting a business. Um, and so 12 years later, that was January of 09, coming up on 12 years in business, um, I have coached thousands of singers. Um, I have a team of about 10 coaches right now um, who all, we teach voice, guitar, piano, drums, songwriting, we do artist development, um, lots of really wow. cool things. And I've been amazed at what happens and what has happened in my own life just by doing the next right thing. I never thought I was, again, I, I had no background in business. My first generation college graduate, I took not one single business course. My degree <laughs> is, I have a bachelor of music degree. I learned everything the hard way, full of hard knocks. Um, but here I am. And it's just been so cool. Um, every little piece of my story that, you know, there's a, a whole backstory too, the, you know, different situations growing up, things that, of course, shape us into the women that we are. But all of those things um, led me to where I am today. Um, after, after 10 years in business, I started feeling like, okay, I love this. This has been really fantastic. I've enjoyed the studio. I feel really content and really peaceful, but I feel like there's something else for me now. And the door started opening for me to start coaching women in January of 2019. Um, I started sensing that like my lane was changing. That's the phrase that kept coming up in my heart was your lane is changing. So I started looking for that, just paying attention. What does that mean? What could that mean for me in this next season? And in a, over the a course of about one month, several women totally unrelated um, approached me and said, did you help me figure out how to do this next thing in my business? Or I have this idea, don't know where to start. Could you help me? Um, or I've been watching you. Could you help me? And that it just all connected for me. That's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in this next season. So I have, um, I've spent the last year and a half or so and um, really spending more time in that space. I still have the studio and still um, work in an operational, more of an executive kind of role there. But, um, but I, I spend most of my time coaching women and it's just been absolutely so delightful and rewarding. That's so awesome. I love your story. I think that's so because it's sort of similar to mine and the fact that like I never intended to ever become an entrepreneur. My path was teaching. I was going to be an educator my whole life. And it's mm-hmm. so fun to to hear people's stories of where they just kind of followed where their heart led them. And you mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I don't know if when you kind of were starting the um the voice lessons, did you ever like push back a little bit at the idea that this is what you were going to do? Was there ever times where you were like, no, this was just a a temporary thing. Like as it was starting to grow, did you ever have those moments where you were like, no, wait, this is not supposed to be permanent. (laughs) (laughs) What I did struggle with is the aloneness of it. Um, I was in my mid twenties. I loved what I was doing and I found a lot of, found a lot of joy in building something from the ground up. But about a year or two in, I started feeling so lonely because all of my friends were in nine to five jobs. They were, just, you know, either starting families or getting married or they were in normal careers. And I was a true solopreneur and there weren't many of them around me. And I felt really, really lonely. And I remember telling my brother when I was about 26, probably. I don't want to do this anymore. It wasn't that I didn't love the work. It was that I felt so lonely. And he's like, Sarah, you cannot, you cannot quit. You cannot quit. And I'm so thankful. He reminds me all the time. Remember when you wanted to quit? (laughs) 
my life could have been radically different and I didn't. But that's what I struggled with was um, not having a community around me and not having um, resources or a coach or support, like figuring it all out by myself. That got really kind of wearisome. Um, but I am so thankful that I just kept doing the next right thing. And, and God definitely aligned me with people. Um, I started hiring, you know, growing my team and, and that made a world of difference as well. But the, well, the hardest part for sure. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's easy to forget too, that, you know, we're roughly the same age. I'm 38. And so when I, when we were in our mid to late twenties, you didn't have the online communities like you have now where you couldn't just go on Facebook and find a group to join of other business owners. It, it really was very isolating. And so, yeah, I could definitely see how that would have been, that would have been difficult for sure. Um, Okay. So I want to dive into, we've got two kind of topics I want to go over with you that um, I know you are kind of an expert in. And so the first one I want to talk about is just really realizing like what season of life that you're in. This is something that I have struggled with. And I've talked about a little bit on the podcast here about just embracing the season of life that you're in. You know, my youngest one being four, you have a four-year-old. I don't know if yours will start kindergarten next year. Mine will. And mm-hmm. so the, the realization that this is my last year at home with her has really hit home and realizing that as much as I want to scale my business and as much as I want it to grow, I have to accept the fact that to the whole reason I'm doing this is to spend time with her and that when she's in school full time, that that's when things can kind of take off. But I struggled for a long time for a good two years, probably with you know, having a kid at home and trying to grow a business. And so just embracing that. I know there's a lot of women in different situations that are trying to figure out like what season they're in and how to really embrace that season. So can you kind of talk to us a little bit about maybe how you help women figure that out and what they can do? Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Absolutely. Um, When I was, this really came into focus and perspective for me after my second daughter was born. they're about three years apart. I really thought that I had, before she was born, I thought I had the mom thing locked down. I felt real confident. <laughs> my first baby, I've been at this for almost three years. She had a really good thing going on. This is not going to be a big deal. We're just going to add the second little girl into the mix. And just, I had, I had the, the balance thing kind of figured out and the work, like the, my work schedule and childcare and all the things just really felt pretty confident. And then my second daughter was born. It had never occurred to me that she would be nothing like my first daughter. She would (laughs) need completely different things Mm -hmm. in life. And from me, Uh, maybe she would never sleep ever in her whole life, which it still feels like we're, we're, she almost hardly sleeps through the night now. She's just turned four years old. So um, it was so, so, so difficult. And I found myself um, a couple of weeks, just barely a couple of weeks in, and I could tell that this was not what I was expecting. Um, and I was really wrestling with that. My expectations were unmet and they were also unrealistic. 
um, didn't know what to do about it, felt so much resistance to everything. Everything was hard. I'm still trying to work hard, run this business super hard, um, do it from home, do it from my phone, do it from the couch, do it from the nursery, whatever, go to the office when I can, bring her with me, bring both of them with me. It was just a cluster every day. And I was so exhausted and then resentful. And what really bothered me was that I, I felt like I was, I was resentful um, toward everyone in my family, including this tiny baby mm-hmm. and myself. And I couldn't really identify why I knew rationally it's no one's fault, but this is terrible. And I hate all of this. This is not what I was preparing for. Um, and I was very prayerful going into when she was a few months old, going into the next year, um, 2017, thinking about goal, goal setting is really important to me. I love January 1st, you know, that whole like start fresh thing, setting new goals. I felt really confused about what to even plan for. At that point, I had accepted that I know nothing. Let's just go (laughs) back to, you know, nothing about being a mom. Mm-hmm. And you know nothing about business. You know nothing about how to do this, Sarah. Um, why even bother setting goals or trying to make plans for a new year? And I, the, in a, a very gentle way, I felt like God said, surrender to the season. Just surrender to this season that you're in. And it made perfect sense. I knew exactly what that meant because up to that point, I was resisting everything, trying to force everything, trying to force my agenda, my plans. I'm still trying to grow as a professional, as a person, um, trying to keep all these balls in the air and was exhausted. Not to mention on a human level, I was not sleeping. I mean, I'm sure that probably wasn't eating good. Just all the normal things that you do to take care of yourself were happening. So I accepted for the first time that this was not a season of growth for me. This was not a season of growth in my business. This was not going to be a season of growth in my personal life. This was going to be a season where we survive and we figure out what it looks like to be a family before and what it looks like for me to be a mom of two kids who are totally different and need to look things. Um, and I'm telling you that so much peace came over me when I made that connection and embraced where I was in that moment. Really, really important. So over the next few years, now that was four years ago, I have seen that over and over in my life. Um, and I see that in, in women, all of us, we have seasons. That is just how the world was designed, is designed. It's how the world turns, seasons. Um, sometimes new things come when the actual literal season is changing. Like right now, we're coming into to fall. I don't know when this is going to air, but right, fall is upon us. And there's a newness in that. There's always a newness in spring. I think those are the two times for me where I feel like mm-hmm. kind of a, a, yeah, like a new energy, mm-hmm. but, um, but sometimes it's different times as well. And when we don't pay attention and we ignore our energy and we ignore our needs, we ignore what our self is saying and asking for, um, we feel all the things that I mentioned, resentment, frustration, exhaustion, burnout, um, depressed, and we can't figure figure out why. And, and I think most of the time we're operating outside of um, our true selves and without any acknowledgement of the season that we're in. Um, so how do you name your season? Well, number one, the question, here's a magic question. Um, that I actually ask myself this on a regular basis, not just about seasons, but this is a great place to start. What is not working for me right now? Mm. So when you feel like frustrated about anything or that resistance about anything, ask yourself that question. Wait for the answer. What's not working for me right now? If you find that the answer that comes to you um, can be pointed to, I am trying to live in an, un- my, I have expectations that are unrealistic unreasonable and are unmet, maybe it's because I need to take ownership of the season that I'm in. Um, I'm this last year, been navigating a, a new personal challenge. I'm actually going through a divorce and um, everything about that has been new for me. So the spring 
there's there's part of life too that's like you don't have a choice. We, we right. still have to get up. There's certain things we have to do. We have to work. I have to make money. I have to take care of my kids. That's not a season. That is like just a requirement for living. So managing that was all pretty much that I was able to do for the first several months and try to get my head around this new normal. So by the time summer came, I all I could think about was doing nothing, was resting. So intentionally slash unintentionally, I kind of stepped away from everything for about eight weeks, the months of June and July. Um, that was a season of rest for me, very intentional. And I took ownership of that. This is my recovery and rest. I'm doing nothing to try to grow as a person. Kind of found myself in that back in that same spot. Like this is this is all I can do right now. Survival but mode. This time, what I knew survival. But what I knew this time that was different from the last time was that I'm resting to prepare for the next thing. It wasn't like a resigned, hopeless, like, well, I guess this is my life now. It was like, no, no, this is on purpose. This is purposeful because there is a season coming that is totally different. The season I'm in today is required. If, if I will do this diligently, if I will rest on purpose, then I will be ready to accelerate in this next season. And that's where I'm at today. So really important. But I'll tell you that what I struggled with in this most recent resting season, I traveled a lot, some by myself, some with friends, some with my kids, things that I never would have done before, never would have made time for or given myself permission to do. I struggled at the beginning with the permission part because... Um, I thought, what would people think about me if they knew how much playing I was doing, how much resting, how much um, time off I've taken or whatever? What would people think? And it, was, and it bothered me that I even cared, but it totally bothered me. Like I almost canceled a trip because I just couldn't, I just felt so wrong, felt so guilty because that's not been my normal, right? Yeah. Um, and instead, I, I mean, I, I wrestled with this and thought about it. I talked to a couple of people and they were like, why do you think you feel that way? And I'm like, I don't really know. It just feels so strange. I think I'm afraid that people are going to go, oh, must be nice. Good for her. Must be nice to be able to do that, uh, to, to take another vacation or whatever. And then I thought, no, no, no. What if instead of must be nice, what if what they thought or what if what I'm able to do is give them permission to do the same thing? And so it totally, I just flipped the script on that and thought, no, no, this is what's required for me. This is, I'm going to own that. This is the season that I am in. It's not forever. This is a little short window in my life. I don't have to explain it, number one, but I do need to take ownership of it. And there's a possibility that it could encourage somebody else to take time to do the same thing because we need that. So um, now I'm in a totally different season where I, I knew that when, when the fall came and when school started again, I was in, in accelerate mode and I'm, and that's where I'm at. And I have energy for all these new things because I took a, an extended period of time to rest. Yeah. Really I, oh my gosh. So like so much in what you were saying, I was like jotting down all these notes as you were talking. I think some of the things that kind of jumped out at me that I definitely can relate to is that season of rest too, because I did the same thing. Like when my, again, say almost the same as you, when my second daughter was born, that was when I was really trying to kind of ramp up my business, my photography business so that I could quit my teaching job. And I had Mm -hmm. to remind myself that it's okay to not be going a hundred percent all the time. Like I had this little tiny baby that needed me for survival and I could not, I couldn't give all of myself to my job, my teaching job, to my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter, my husband and myself and do it well in my business. And so it was okay. I had to give myself permission to step back a little bit. And the same thing has happened this past summer, you know, and it was kind of forced on me with the whole quarantine and everything kind of slowing down and, and with my local business, not being able to really go out and and promote or shoot. And that season it did, it revitalized me so that now I can hit the ground running, you know, with everything that I have. Um, and I like that you said too, like, give yourself permission to do that, but don't feel guilty you, in your example of like the, the trip you were going to take, like, I think that too many people feel like they have to explain their season of life to people. And it's not, it's not our job to control what other people put on us. 
you know, I was listening to a podcast mm-hmm. recently where they were talking about, you know, just kind of decluttering your Instagram account and who you follow and, and clearing out space for people that inspire you rather than people that cause you to feel bad about yourself. And in particular, this one lady was talking about, there was a, an account that she followed. She was like, every time I go on there, you know, I would feel like I wasn't doing enough or that we weren't, you know, I wasn't being a great enough parent. And I wasn't, I was, she was like, I was just constantly comparing myself to this other person. And she said, I realized though, that it, that that was me putting my own insecurities onto their life and expecting them to change what they were doing to make me feel better. And you can't do that. And so on the flip Mm -hmm. side, we can't be responsible for the insecurities other people put on us, uh, that they're of their insecurities, you know, you can't make yourself smaller to make someone else more comfortable. So I think, no, absolutely not. And, and if you find yourself saying that about somebody else, then that's a really, really good indication that maybe what you actually need to address. Yeah. If that's triggering for you, if, if it bothers you to see somebody else playing and resting, recover, whatever, then maybe it's because that's actually what you need as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think that when you are looking at somebody else that's causing you to have a feeling of some kind, whether it is, you know, not enough or resentfulness or frustration or whatever, like you, that's, that's your signal. That's your little flag that gets raised that says, Hey, ding, ding, ding. It's time to start looking inward and figure out why, why is this making me feel that? Yeah, I completely agree. And I also like what you said about the expectation versus reality. I think that I know for me, going into the different seasons of my life, I always have these expectations of what it should be or what it should look like mm-hmm. versus the reality mm-hmm. of it. And yes. taking away those expectations has helped me a lot too. Like just saying it's good to have goals and it's good to have a, like a plan, but I shouldn't go into it thinking like, for example, when I left my teaching job, I had this vision of what my day-to-day life would look like, and it looked nothing like that. It wasn't the get up and get the kids to school and go work out for an hour and then come home and have a healthy breakfast and get all this work done. No, <laughs> that is not how my day looked. <laughs> and so right. taking away those expectations was huge in helping me feel comfortable with the phase of life that I was in. That's so good. Okay. So one of the things you mentioned is you used a word hustle at one point where you were talking about like a different phase of life where you were going to like get in there and like really hustle and work hard. And I personally, that is not my favorite word. I think that it's used a lot lately for women to say like always hustling. You always going to be out there and hustling. And I I just feel like it has kind of a negative connotation sometimes. And I think it makes women feel like that we need to be on 24 hours a day doing something all the time. And that's just not practical. So I want to kind of talk to you. I know that you kind of talk about the non-hustle lifestyle a little bit. So can you sort of dive into Mm -hmm. like how we can break free of that feeling that we need to be hustling all the time? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, 
where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yes, absolutely. I would um, love to be the president of, if there was an association, the Anti-Hustle Association, (laughs) I would love to be the president of that. Um, because I have found in my own life, and I think it really, when, when I, it was mirrored, it has been mirrored in the work that I've done with women over the last couple of years, that um, most women are really exhausted. And I think there's a, a lot of different variables there. But part of it, especially if you are an entrepreneur or you're wired that way or you, you want to be an entrepreneur, um, it's very hard to have to find balance. It's what everybody wants. We're all looking for balance. And we are, the hustling comes from, I really believe the root of it is fear. It's a fear of missing out, the fear of somebody else getting to the finish line first, the fear of um, missing the boat. What if, um, my opportunity is going to pass me up. I can't slow down. I can't stop. I can't say no to that opportunity because it'll never come back around. We're watching other people and it looks like they, I can't tell you how many people lately have said to me, Sarah, it just looks like you're thriving. And I'm like, I'm so glad it looks like I'm thriving, but <laughs> I, I don't ever want to create the illusion that I'm just out there killing it every day. And I try to be as honest, especially in social media, as transparent as I can. Um, what I never want people to think about me is that I'm just hustling every single day. I, that's why it's really important to me that, that people know that, that what balance looks like is these seasons, knowing what season you're in and, and, and taking ownership of that. Um, but when you can accept that the striving is rooted in insecurity and fear, it's a game changer. And you have to ask yourself, what am I actually afraid of? When I'm afraid of. And it's a lot of times it's related to any number of those things that I just mentioned. Um, but there is a better way and it's, it's peaceful productivity. Um, and in this last year, as I've been working with women again, one-on-one and in groups, the thing, the thing, two things that come up over and over and over, it's almost universal. I would say that women are looking for is balance. They want to know how to balance it all, like work and home. And they want to do it really well. They don't want to let anything slip, anything slide. I want to be on top of my work because I'm passionate about that. I know that I have gifts to share with the world, but then I know that I have this precious family and I want to serve them well. Women who have families to take care of. Um, The other thing that women are looking for is permission to do the thing that's in their heart. They're so afraid of. what if am I am I allowed? And I don't mean like they have dominant husbands or dominant partners or something who are I'm not talking about that. It's like this innate innate um, desire or I guess it's a concern that if I work outside the home, for example, or if I actually pursue that crazy dream that I'm I'm doing my family a disservice or oh. I would be letting them down or how could I give myself to both places. Um, and the, the answer, it's really multidimensional, but, um, there's a way to be productive and peaceful and dare I say profitable at the same time. And the very first step is identifying a vision, getting very clear on your vision for your life. Remove all of these other things. Remove your job. Remove all the hats. Remove all the roles and responsibilities and get really clear on what do I want my life to be about? 
What is my legacy? What do I want to be known for? What do I want my kids to know about me? What do I want my grandkids to know about me? Take super big picture. Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, says, begin with the end in mind. So start way at the end. It's kind of a weird counterintuitive thing, but think about the end of your life. Every time I mention this, people are just like, oh, wow. (laughs) We don't think about that. We don't think about that. But you know what every senior person will tell you, every elderly person will tell you that it came quicker than they ever imagined. Yeah. Every single person, there's not a person in their 80s or 90s who thought, wow, my life is just turtle pace. It just <laughs> isn't. It's just, but what, it, what our life is, is a series of intentional or unintentional decisions every single day. And what we're, the way we're spending our life and the way we're spending our time is pointing us in a direction. And if you can get really honest, quiet and honest with yourself about what do I want my life to look like, then it will change the way and the pace at which you're working today. You'll find that a lot of the things that you're doing um, today, the way that you might be spinning your wheels, maybe that's actually not pointing you in the direction that you want to be at the end of your life when you're in your 80s or 90s, however long we get to live. The second part is identifying your core values. What are the three to five things that I want, again, that I want my life to be, what, that I, that I um, live and die by? These are the things I'm passing down to my children. Mine are um, living with in, or intentional parenting, living with authenticity and vulnerability, and love. Just really simple. Love, 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 love. Anything, when I'm feeling really burnout, exhausted, out of alignment, a lot, I just can come back to my core values. What am I doing that's out of, out of out living outside of these core values? Those are the boundaries and the filter that you get to use to make decisions. So if you find yourself hustling, feeling exhausted, frustrated, resentful at work, resentful at home, something in, in your life is not working for you. And it's probably because you're either number one, trying to operate outside of the season that you're in, or number two, you're living outside of your core values or both. Um, we, we can't, many of your listeners are probably real goal-oriented and love to set goals. But if your goals are not connected to the big picture, if your goals are actually not connected to your core values, they're good goals, but they're somebody else's good goals. They're yeah. not for you. You're hustling. You're trying to make things work that aren't for you. Um, this is so important to me that I actually um, created a course about this. It's a five-day kind of a reset. If you feel like, I don't know, I, I set the same goals every year and somehow I'm making no progress, making no progress yet. I'm really tired or like I work really hard every day and I don't know what I did all day. I couldn't even tell you, but I know I was busy all day or all week or all month or all year. This is a crazy year, but I don't feel like I did anything. Well, you need to get back to what matters. So this course is um, just five days for women to, to figure that out. And, and, Sometimes, dare I say, maybe in every season that we're in, maybe we need to go back, get back to the basics. I don't think our vision or core values ever change, but our goals should change based on the season that we're in. Also, one more thing. I'm talking, talking a lot. No, no, you're good. But one more thing about hustling is whenever you're in a spot where you're trying to set goals, whether that's however often you do that, maybe we're kind of getting closer to the first of the year. Um, Many of us are going to set new goals for the year. Before you do that, in addition to vision, core values, um, you have to know what your budget is for this season. Your budget of time, energy, and resources. Don't set a goal to read, I don't know, 100 books this year. If you, did a hun- if you were able to read 100 books last year, but yet but something has changed this year, like maybe you had another baby, for example, or maybe you had to take on a whole, I don't know, your life is different. A hundred books this year is not realistic. Don't set goals that are outside of your reasonable budget that you have to work with. Um, If you know that you're operating on very limited capacity, energy-wise, make sure that your goals are really in alignment with that because there's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you're failing when you were never going to be successful at that particular thing. Anyway, how unfair. And we do this to ourselves constantly. So being mindful of and acknowledging kind of goes along with the season. Acknowledge 
um, the budget that you have to work with in this season. I love that. I love the idea because, you know, a lot of times you say budget, the immediate thought is, well, financial budget. What do I have to put into my business? But I love the idea mm-hmm. of your your time and your energy and your resources being your budget as well. Because yeah, I mean, again, using the example of the year that I'm in right now, my time and my energy is going to be a lot less this year than it will be next year yep. when both my kids are in school all the time. And, you know, exactly. especially like in the last six months where we've all been home together, we've had, I've had two kids and sometimes a husband at home all the time. My time and energy has been limited and that's okay if you are prepared for that and you, like you said, you set your standards based on that. I think, I know I'm guilty of this. A lot of times we think that we have to move at a faster pace than what is realistic. And women are always like, well, I should be doing this, or I should be here in my business, or I should be further along than I really am. And they get frustrated because they see other people doing it when really where you are and the speed you're going at is only comparative to yourself, not to where anybody else is. And so take that away. Say, where do I, what's my pace and my speed right now? Yeah, I, exactly. Yes. And I'm going to, I'll link to like that course that you mentioned. We'll have that all linked in the show notes. People can access it or get information if they want to. Um, Okay. So before we go, I have a couple last questions for you. So my first one I like to ask is if you, let's say your best friend came today and said, okay, I have this idea. I want to start a business. Where do I begin? What would be your like go-to number one piece of advice you would give? Yeah. Okay. Don't know where to begin starting uh, from scratch. I think number one, you need a community. That has been the most invaluable thing whenever, and, and there's so many, like you mentioned, social media. There's so many um, different communities where you can get help and support. It That's really so game-changing. I did not have access to those resources when I was starting yeah. a business. Um, in addition to finding that, finding a community online or in person, there's a lot of great uh, in-person networking events as well. But in addition to those two things, get really, really clear on why this product, service, or offer matters to you. Because you're going to have to come back to that over and over and over. Because it is going to be hard. There's going to be times where you think, ooh, I don't, maybe I just want to throw in the towel. Or um, it's not always really rosy. And there's, um, I believe the, the statistic is that um, most small businesses fail before five years, um, within the first five years. Yep. And there's, um, I think, there's a lot of practical things that go into that. But if you don't have a really clear why this product offers service or why being in business for myself matters, whatever, why am I doing this? Um, it's going to be really easy to get overwhelmed by the challenges that come from being an entrepreneur and starting your own thing. Yeah. And I, uh, I have a whole episode on the podcast where I break down like if you're unclear of what your why is, or you want more clarity, because I think a lot of people go very surface level on their why. And like, yeah. for example, I use the example of photography. A lot of people say, well, I want to take beautiful photos for people. Well, it needs to go a little mm-hmm. deeper than that because I, in my personal belief, that's not going to keep you going when times get really tough. And so I will link to that episode. I don't have it on hand right now. What episode number that is, but I'll link to it because it's a really good one to go back. And I call it like my, like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon It's the seven degrees of your why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, awesome. And it really digs into like getting to the root of that in case anybody is not perfectly clear on their why. All right. So my last question before we go is, is there a resource that you absolutely love, whether it's a book you've read or a course you've taken or a program you use? Is there something that you feel like has really kind of helped you get into like either get through your business or personally grow anything that you really just love and love to recommend to people? Two things that come to mind immediately. One is um, power sheets. Okay. A tool that I've been using for years by created by a, a girl named Laura Casey and it's a goal setting, goal planning system. It's a way to get really clear about what matters to you. And set goals that are really in alignment with that. Um, the first 
I probably used it for five years. I remember the first time, or maybe longer. I think my, my daughter, oldest, was born. And each year, the first several years that I tried to do it, it was like, again, I, 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 the season thing was not really connecting. <laughs> so I was setting goals that were still not really realistic. It's funny because I kept all of them, but you can see the progression. The first year, I, I didn't even finish the prep work where you, the work you do before you set the goals. I couldn't even get through that. The next yeah. season, next year, I did a little bit more, the next year, a little bit more. And probably for the last couple of years. Now, I will say 2020 garbage. I haven't even cracked that thing open in like since probably February. I think right? we're allowed to give ourselves a pass for this yeah. year. <laughs> yes. Let's pretend like this one did not happen. But um, I look forward to uh, 2021 getting power sheets again for about the seventh year in a row. So I love power sheets. Um, and then the book that I recommend to all my clients, to women, everyone that I have a conversation with about what do I do next, a book called The Next Right Thing by Emily P. Freeman. And it's the kindest and most gentle book that about making decisions that are rooted in love and not fear. Um, it's easy to read. It's a great book to have like on your nightstand and just read a little bit in the morning or in the evening. It's a wonderful book. I love that. I haven't read that one yet. I'm adding it to, I wrote down, I'm adding it to my book list because I'm I always yes, love, too. like, I always like to have one sort of for fun book going and then one that's like yeah. for education, you know, for learning something new. And uh, I just finished uh, one that was about stories that stick. That was a really good one. Um, but yeah, I'm going to add that one to my list. So awesome. Well, thank okay. you so much for this. So tell people where they can find you, how they can get a hold of you if they want to work with you or, or get on with some of your courses, sure. things like that. How can they find you? Yes, absolutely. SarahDarby.net. And then there, I have a little download there if you're interested in um, how I plan my week from my heart, um, and, which is new for me. Um, you can get a download that's at net slash plan your week. I also love to hang out on Instagram and I'm Sarah Conley Darby on Instagram. Awesome. Well, I will link to all of that so they can just not have to jot that down. It'll all be in the show notes. And- Great. Thank you so much for your time. It was so great chatting with you. I feel like that there's a lot more we could dive into. So we'll have to have you back on another time in the future. That'd be great. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you so much to Sarah. Thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave me a quick review and let me know what you think of this episode and any other episodes that you've listened to. Have a great week. Happy Halloween. I hope you have some fun plans in place and I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place.